mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up, it's America Saves Week. Do you have more credit card debt than money saved? You're not alone. It's a potential problem that may be made worse with high inflation and the trend of post-pandemic impulse spending. Also coming up, industry insiders say the demand for travel is taking off as spring and summer approach. Is this the year to check that dream Caribbean vacation off your bucket list? And have you got cabin fever? We have details on programs and activities to get you outdoors in the month of March from the Hancock Park District. Michelle Rumschlag will tell us what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, February 22nd, 2022. Today is Be Humble Day. It is National Cook a Sweet Potato Day. George Washington's birthday today. Um, National Wildlife Day. Play More Cards Day. It is Walking the Dog Day. World Thinking Day. And maybe most importantly of all, it is National Margarita Day. So if you need a if you need a reason to celebrate, look no further. Right there. By the way, today is a, a big day for numerologists. We were talking about this yesterday. It's February 22nd, 2022, or 2-22-22. And that makes it a palindrome, meaning that it reads the same forward and backward. Of course, 2-22-22. And since it is a Tuesday, it could be referred as Tuesday. Tuesday with 2-2-2-2-2 Tuesday. Um... This is uh, kind of interesting because it's also unique, being that it is a palindrome all over the world. Not only in the U.S., where we write numerical dates with the month first, followed by the day and then the year, and much of the rest of the world where they write the day first, then the month, then the year. So it would be 22 to 22 in other parts of the world, which is also a palindrome. So... Wow, mind blown. Crazy. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Uh, The first things you need to know this morning. The just-ended Beijing Winter Olympics drew the lowest ever ratings in prime time for NBC since the Peacock Network began broadcasting the games decades ago, averaging just 11.4 million viewers in prime time Across all platforms, that's not just the broadcast, but also uh, the streaming content and all of that. 11.4 million viewers total, according to The Hollywood Reporter. That is a decline of 42% compared to the last Winter Games in Pyeongchang. And a 26% decrease compared to last year's delayed Tokyo Summer Olympics. And there have been a lot of speculation about why people aren't watching or weren't watching as uh, much because they were in China uh, because of the time difference. So many of the uh, competitions didn't air live because of the time difference, which is always an issue with the Olympics. Some have said because it came so closely after the pandemic delayed summer games that we were kind of uh, Olympics weary, but the, Ratings decline is actually in line with the general decline in TV ratings over the past four years, as well as previous Olympics trends. So there's no other way to really explain it away. On the positive side, 
The Beijing Games did have the largest or second largest streaming audience of the year, uh, with uh, streaming up by 78% in terms of total minutes compared to the 2018 Olympics. So there is that. We were streaming more of it uh, than we ever have before, but just not watching as much. Have the Olympics maybe lost a little of their luster? I don't know. That was, you know, that's part of it, too. Now, there are a lot of uh, reasons probably for that, but again, not out of line with general trends that we've seen across television viewing as a whole. So it'll be interesting to see what happens a couple of years from now when we get back onto the regular cycle, whether the uh, audiences will come back. Uh, speaking of the uh, pandemic, another sign that the pandemic may be nearing its end. International tourists and business travelers began arriving in Australia yesterday uh, with very few restrictions. Um, Australia was actually home of the some of the most draconian pandemic measures of any democratic country in the world. Australia closed its borders to tourists entirely in March of 2020 in a bid to reduce the local spread of COVID-19. On Monday, yesterday, they removed their final travel restrictions for fully vaccinated passengers. And, of course, uh, for families that were separated, for those who have family in the land down under, tearful reunions after two-year separations. Um, It was uh, quite the scene. Travelers were greeted at Sydney's airport by jubilant well-wishers waving toy koalas and favorite Australian foods, including Tim Tam chocolate cookies and jars of Vegemite. (laughs) We have a Vegemite sandwich, as the men at work would say. Tourism Australia Managing Director uh, Philippa Harrison said she expected tourist numbers would take two full years to rebound to pre-pandemic levels. So, man, it is uh, going to take a long time to get back to normal after all of this. No question about it. And by the way, speaking of the uh, pandemic, ho, 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 in news that will have alarm bells ringing for half the world's population, a new study suggests one of the effects, long-term effects of COVID-19 could spell trouble for testicular health. You heard right. It says here, perhaps a decrease in size, sperm count, and testosterone levels all being impacted because of COVID-19. Have we got your attention yet? <laughs> Wait a minute, this will make you sit up and take notice. <laughs> the research published earlier this month was conducted over several months by researchers at the University of Hong Kong to investigate the long-term effects of COVID-19 on male health. Uh, varying doses of COVID-19 were uh, delivered to rodents, uh, only some of which were vaccinated against the virus. And uh, then they examined the male's anatomy, and uh, they, they found a reduced size and weight of the uh, boy parts of the, of the uh, rodents in the study Uh, those that were vaccinated against the virus did not exhibit any testicular damage. So if you need a reason to get vaccinated, 
guys, that's it right there. <laughs> do, do we need to convince you? <laughs> I say no more. Where, where do I get in line? That's the... <laughs> Uh, so that is uh, definitely one of the uh, most important stories uh, of the day. And uh, how about this? Uh, uh, stories. I love this uh, story. Uh, actually, a couple of stories here of the uh, Newswire that just shows that we will buy anything. Uh, as Americans, a, a seller fetched more than $32,000 for a near-perfect condition of the movie The Terminator on VHS. Somebody paid $32,000 for a VHS copy of The Terminator. According to TMZ, the tape is from 1984, uh, and it was up for sale for only three days before the winning price uh, came in. A third-party company had analyzed the uh, copy and gave it high marks for preservation. So, I mean, the highest marks you can get for a VHS tape Really? $32,000 for a VHS copy of The Terminator. <sighs> people will buy anything. If you if that doesn't convince you that people will buy anything, a doghouse is going up for auction. It belonged to a German shepherd named Rocky until it was struck by a meteor in April of 2019. Now, both the doghouse and Rocky survived. But now the uh, the doghouse is estimated to be worth upwards of $300,000 just because it was struck by a meteor. <laughs> 300k. Uh Rocky's doghouse along with the meteor that hit it are among uh several dozen items being auctioned as part of Christie's Deep Impact Martian Lunar and Other Rare Meteorites sale. Again, if you need any further proof that people will buy anything for a VHS copy of The Terminator. $300,000 for a doghouse that was hit by a rock. And if that's not enough, this will definitely prove to you that people will buy anything. The National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum has unveiled a series of presidential bobbleheads. (laughs) They announced this on social media, new line of Bobblehead figurines, all of the presidents are available for purchase, starting at $30 per bobblehead, and they are set to start shipping in May. You know that they're going to sell out. You just know that they're going to sell. So there you go. Proof positive that people will buy anything. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, showers today with a high pushing 60. It'll also be windy with gusts up to 35 miles an hour. Tonight, a chance of showers and a low around 30. Finley Mayor Christina Mern is excited about what's in store for Finley this year. One of the things she's looking forward to the most is the city's strategic planning process. I think that really getting a better understanding of what the community wants to see the city of Finley look like you know, in a decade or two or three to make sure that we're aligning our priorities appropriately to be able to do that. The mayor says the city will be kicking off community involvement in the process in April. Get more of our conversation with the mayor about what's in store for Finley this year on the website. The Ohio Supreme Court is growing impatient with the Ohio Redistricting Commission. 
which has failed to pass new legislative district maps that the court considers fair to voters. Jen Miller, director of the Ohio League of Women Voters, points out that voters approved an amendment to the state constitution requiring that fair districts be created. Ohio voters gave the Ohio Supreme Court sole jurisdiction for judging whether maps are fair. And we did that in 2015 by 72% of the vote. The redistricting commission will now meet again today to discuss the matter, and they have until Wednesday to explain to the high court why they shouldn't be held in contempt. Get more on the redistricting process on the website. Sunday marks 60 years since Ohio native John Glenn became the first American to orbit the Earth. Glenn was one of NASA's original Mercury 7, the first group of NASA astronauts. And on February 20th, 1962, he made history as the first American to orbit the Earth after circling the globe three times in the Mercury capsule Friendship 7. The mission took just under five hours. Glenn went on to make history again in 1998 at age 77 as the oldest human to travel in space. He died six years ago at the age of 95. Dave James, I went in news. Restaurant Week has returned for the fifth year in Finley in Hancock County. Visit Finley says around 20 local restaurants are offering three-course meals at different price points. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Matt Demchek with 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Well, this is America Saves Week. It is an initiative that was started 15 years ago by the Consumer Federation of America to raise awareness about the importance of good financial habits and basic planning. And it appears that the message is getting through. A recent bank rate survey finds more than half of us now have more emergency savings than credit card debt. But there is definitely room for improvement. Bank rate chief financial analyst Greg McBride is with us once again. And Greg, I was actually a little bit surprised that so many people say they have more emergency savings than they do credit card debt. That's uh, it's, uh, 53%, and that's actually down a little bit from last year. Down a little bit from last year, but up pretty notably from where it had been in 2019 and 2020. So yes, during the pandemic, we do see that more Americans have been able to right-size that equation uh, between either paying down debt, boosting savings, or a little bit of both. It had been uh, below 50% in 2019 and, and 2020. Uh, the other thing we've, we've seen with this over the years, we've been looking at this for more than a decade, Chris, and it, it, it fluctuates up and down but it has never gotten above 58%. So mm. even though we've seen some improvement, uh, the you know two most recent years relative to prior to the pandemic, yeah. that, that doesn't convince me that uh, this is going to be a continuing trend. So for those who are not uh, on that positive trend line, for those who are kind of upside down in this equation, low on savings and high on debt, the obvious question is, which should I pr- prioritize first? This is not either or. Uh, you can and should focus on both in that situation. And the savings is best done if you automate it and pay yourself first. Set up a direct deposit from your paycheck into a dedicated savings account. That way the savings is done before you even roll out of bed on payday morning. Then with what what you have left, your, you know where you're able to uh, channel other savings, you can funnel that money towards the debt repayment. So you're working on both of those at the same time. The the situation you don't want to be in is where you focus solely on the debt repayment and don't have any savings either. We find that about one in seven households is in that situation. No savings, no debt either, but 
without the savings, that's pretty precarious. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I thought that was really interesting to know that there are a fair number of people who you know, kind of pat yourself on the back that you don't have any credit card debt and that's all well and good, but no savings either is just kind of asking for trouble. At that rate, you you may just be one unplanned expense away from having credit card debt. So yeah. prioritizing savings uh, and, and working on both at the same time. If you have debt, uh, we have seen a lot of people really paying down debt. The, the households that have more credit card debt than savings has been in decline. It was down to 22% this year uh, from 27% the year before. Uh, in aggregate, credit card debt did drop pretty notably uh, during the, the, the first uh, year or so of the pandemic. Yeah. It started to work its way back up now, though. Uh, are there generational differences in the numbers? Yeah, I think the one that really jumps out to me is uh, millennials are the the generation that's most likely to have more credit card debt than emergency savings. Um, and it was younger workers, millennials, uh, Gen Zers that were most directly impacted by income disruption, unemployment, reduced work hours uh, during the initial stages of the pandemic when the economy was shutting down. And so we're seeing the effects of that now. Uh, in addition to the millennials uh, being most likely to have more credit card debt than emergency savings, those having less emergency savings now than they did pre-pandemic, it's highest among adults age 18 to 32, nearly half have less savings now than they did before. Mm. And uh, of course, these numbers are always interesting. They're always relevant. But given the current environment with inflation making things less affordable and what appears to be something of a maybe a post-pandemic spending spree. I mean, I saw the story the other day that uh, Americans are are looking to travel uh, again, and and they're they're spending on travel. So it seems like maybe there's uh, a bit of we've kind of earned it after the past couple of years uh, attitude towards spending. I would imagine that it is somewhat concerning that this trend might not continue without some discipline. Yeah, and and I think that you know inflation. We've seen how that's stretching households. About half of households say that inflation specifically is causing them to be able to save less money. So that speaks directly towards uh, the savings. And you're right, there's a ton of pent up demand. I think there's also a certain level of frugal fatigue that's kind of set in after almost two years. Sure. And yes, people are there. They want to get out and do things, do the things they haven't been able to do for the better part of two years. And so I mentioned how we see credit card debt work going back up right now. It's very typical in an economic expansion, but I think even more so now, uh, we're seeing the savings run down a little bit, the credit card debt coming back up as people spend in a way that they haven't been able to for a while. And of course, as we've talked about before, interest rate increases that we know are coming this year are going to make it harder to pay down existing debt and more expensive to take on new debt. Yeah, credit card debt is typically the most expensive debt households have, and it's going to get more expensive as interest rates go up, not just this year, but over the next couple of years. Uh, Servicing that debt is going to become more challenging. Paying down that debt is going to be more challenging. So all the more reason to avoid the debt, but also if you have it, focus on getting it paid off. Maybe uh, utilize one of those 0% or other low rate balance transfer offers so you can insulate yourself from rate hikes, but get that debt paid off once yeah, and for all. That's what I was going to ask. So so what to do if I want to be among those who are sitting on the right side of that equation with more emergency savings than credit card debt? How do I get there? You mentioned you know setting some of that aside uh, as a matter of routine before you even see it in your bank account is a good way to boost your savings. What about on 
limiting that debt, especially as it becomes more expensive. Yeah, I mentioned those low-rate uh, balance transfer offers. Uh, we see offers for 0% that are as good as long as 18 to 21 months. And so that does a couple of things for you. One is it insulates you from the rate hikes we expect to see over that period of time, and it could be quite a few. And then also, you've now got this runway uh, where every dollar you throw against that balance is knocking down the principal. You don't have the headwind of interest, right. and you can get that debt paid off once and for all. If you've got 21 months at 0%, divide that balance by 21. Make sure you pay at least that amount every month. Don't put more expenses on that card. Get it paid off once and for all before that promotional rate expires. Really interesting uh, numbers uh, speaking about where Americans are with respect to emergency savings counterbalanced against uh, credit card debt. Uh, bank rate chief financial analyst is Craig McBride with us uh, once again. And you've got more information on the uh, survey and uh, more advice, more information for uh, savers and for those who are looking to uh, knock down debt at your website, right? Yes, absolutely. Bankrate.com, all the details on this survey, but also calculators that help you figure out how much it's going to take every month to get out of that credit card debt, a search engine where you can find those top yielding savings accounts so you can set up that direct deposit. Greg, thanks for taking the time. As always, we appreciate it. Thanks so much, Chris. Always a pleasure. Well, industry insiders say Americans seem to be chomping at the bit to travel again. We saw a big spike in travel during the holidays, of course, but that was before Omicron and because it was the holiday season. Now we're just seeing that people are ready to travel for pleasure. And since right about now is the time when we're all getting a little touch of cabin fever as spring is still a month away, you might be asking yourself, is there ever a bad time for a Caribbean vacation? Joining us is the St. Kitts Minister of Tourism, Lindsey Grant. And uh, Lindsay, thanks for uh, taking the time. The answer, by the way, uh, to that question, I think, is no. There is never a, a bad time for a uh, Caribbean vacation, right? Never, never. <laughs> okay, just get that out of the way. That's the easy question. What should travelers be thinking about, though, when they are planning for upcoming trips? Because we are still not quite out of this pandemic yet. So take us through the, the planning process uh, during these unusual times. I'm glad you said that because coming out of the pandemic or we're in the pandemic is very important. So uh, safety is really top of the mind of any visitor. And what can I tell you about safety in St. Kitts? What I can tell you is that over 80%, 80% of our nationals and residents have been vaccinated. So in terms of safety, we are very safe. In fact, all the persons who are frontline dealing with the hotels, the tours, the operators, the taxis, etc., have been travel approved, which means that they have gone through an entire period of training in the new protocols, and important enough, they are all vaccinated. So safety is our number one priority, and that'd be good to know. You should also know that, you know, where it's, it's cold uh, at this time, and so, you know, the booking, booking windows are, are, are narrowed now two weeks to somewhere about two months. So even if you want to travel now for winter, you still have an opportunity uh, to get to St. Kitts in this period. So uh, that was going to be my next question uh, about the timing of this. When is the best time to travel or start planning for that trip? Well, you know, there's, there's really never, ever a bad time to, to travel. 
the important thing now is that we've worked out all our new standards with our health authorities and the processes. So, you know, travelers feel confident to, to, to visit at any time. Um, you know, uh, just around the corner, we have spring break. So, you know, if people want to come for spring break, you know, we're ready to accept you. You may look further down the road to our music festival in June. We're available. But at any time, you can visit uh, St. Kitts and Nevis and, you know, get our warmth and the hospitality of our people. How excited are you to welcome people back? I mean, obviously... Uh, in St. Kitts, tourism is such an essential part of the overall economy, given what we've been through over the past couple of years. I mean, clearly, you uh, obviously, as you were saying, want to make sure that you're following all of the best practices and the protocols to make sure that you can you know, get tourism back up and running again. But how difficult has that been and how excited are you uh, to be able to welcome visitors back again? Well, I, I will tell you, we're very, very, very excited to, to welcome back persons because we we were on a hiatus for about two years. Um, the tourism industry really took a beating, but we've worked out all the protocols, all what is necessary to keep our residents and our visitors safe, and we're excited and ready to welcome back our visitors. That's very, very important because, as you know, um, tourism is the number one economic driver in St. Kitts. And so we are really ready. The persons are geared up, everyone's trained. And so we're welcome to, we're ready to welcome you to warm and sunny St. Kitts. <laughs> and as we mentioned, uh, all of the uh, industry indicators show that people are ready to travel again and maybe uh, do something that they have never, a big trip that they have uh, maybe had on their bucket list and and just have never done saying now is the time let's do it for those who have not been before and i count myself among that i have not been to the caribbean before so kind of walk us through what a, a an experience is like in saint kitts and what it what makes it the uh, quintessential caribbean experience first of all what i can tell you is think it is ripe for your visit. Why? Because we're not the typical Caribbean. We are an adventurous country. And so there are many things one can do. Get outdoors, which you may not have been able to do over the past months because the Omicron and the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we have, we have if you're adventurous, you can um, zip line through the mountains, a thousand feet in the air. Or if you're more adventurous, you can do the, the trail to Mount Limiga, which is 4,000 plus feet into, into the mountains. If you're less adventurous, you could do jet skiing, water skiing, all the water sports. But I will tell you, a must, a must when you come to St. Kitts is to visit Brimstone Hill, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Fantastic um, fantastic fort in pristine condition. It's a must, dating back to the 1600s. Mm. Or you can go to Wingfield Estate, which is an estate owned once by the Thomas Jefferson's family. It dates back to 1600 again, and where the first rum was produced. And you still can today go and taste that rum. So St. Kitts is very adventurous. But I can tell you, in St. Kitts, you'll get two for one. Why do I say two for one? Because not only do you get St. Kitts, but you get our sister island, Nevis, which is five minutes away by water taxi, where you'll get an 
entirely different destination, an entirely different surrounding. And as you know, it's the birthplace of Alexander Hamilton. So St. Kitts, warm, sunny weather, it's a must. Uh, everybody ready for uh, big trips, vacation, uh, vacationing and travel coming back in a big way. And again, since we're all getting cabin fever here in Northwest Ohio, not a bad time to start thinking about a Caribbean vacation. Again, uh, St. Kitts Minister of Tourism, Lindsey Grant, with us this morning. And you've got a website uh, for all things tourism where people can uh, start to plan that dream vacation. Uh, certainly, but before I go to that, I must tell you what is really, really heartwarming, heart rendering is the warmth, the genuineness of the people of St. Kitts and Nevis and the terrain, the history, and the culture. But in any event, if you want to learn more, you can go to our website, www.stkittstourism.kn. All the information will be at your fingertips. And we will link up to it on our webpage. Lindsey Grant, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Chris. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update of the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. You know, if you travel with any regularity at all, you know that going through airport security can be a bit of a hassle. But this, this is an extreme happened at LAX. A a case of mistaken identity has put police in an awkward position and uh, at the center of a lawsuit by a woman who spent nearly two weeks in jail, all because of a case of mistaken identity. Bethany Farber was uh, headed to Mexico to see her brother and her goddaughter. And uh, when she arrived at the TSA counter, you know, to go through security, She was arrested and handcuffed and told that she was the subject of an arrest warrant. She says after telling police that they had the wrong person and pleading with them to double check her identification, they refused. She uh, says they told her there was a warrant uh, for her arrest out of the state of Texas. (laughs) She said, I've never been to Texas. (laughs) Her attorney says uh, all of this was done because police failed to check the driver's license, the birth date, the social security number, even the booking photo of the other Bethany Faber, uh, Farber, who was uh, actually uh, a wanted woman. She spent two weeks in jail in a case of mistaken identity uh, during her time in the slammer. Uh, unfortunately, her uh, grandmother, she says, suffered a stroke, which the family attributes to the stress brought on by the whole situation uh police officials say they don't comment on pending legislation but she and her attorney uh promise to have much more to say about the incident themselves i would imagine so man that's two weeks in jail for a case of mistaken identity oops hmm Uh, these are a couple of stories here of parents who will not, I repeat, will not be in the running for parent of the year. Police say a four-year-old child responsible for a shooting at a McDonald's restaurant in Utah. Officers were called out after a man reportedly brandished a gun at employees while in the drive-thru. When police arrived, they arrested the suspect, but he reportedly instructed his child to grab the gun and shoot the officers. 
<laughs> wow. Uh, one officer was able to deflect the firearm just as the kid pulled the trigger. Uh, no one was uh, seriously hurt. But not parent of the year. Not parent of the year. Uh, here's another case of a mother who will not be in the running for mother of the year. Cheryl Ann Asik, age 38, uh, who reportedly would give her son meth when she wanted him to calm down. Uh, this is a story out of Florida. Of course it is. Pasco County, Florida. Police reports that uh, Ms. Asik faces three counts of aggravated child abuse for allegedly giving her 14-year-old methamphetamine in order to relax. Uh, this happened apparently on three separate occasions that they know of. She got caught because an astute family member who was chatting with the boy realized the victim was hallucinating. So they called police. When authorities arrived, Ms. Asik claimed that she gave her son Xanax, but later came free, came clean saying it was not Xanax at all. Methamphetamine. <laughs> she she had the audacity to ask police, am I going to jail? Why, yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, not mother of the year. Uh, there in the... Uh, another bizarre arrest, a uh, Connecticut man led away in handcuffs after failing to plant trees. Uh, this is from Newtown, Connecticut. Local news reports are that Joseph Esposito Jr., age 53, was allegedly paid $13,000 by a resident to buy and plant trees on their property. One problem, Mr. Esposito apparently pocketed the money and took off. Uh, police Lieutenant David Wolf says the complainant made multiple requests to get their money back, but the deposit never found its way back into their bank account. Uh, as for Mr. Esposito, he claims he did buy the trees from a nursery and was going to honor his contract. Of course he was. Oh, I was going to. Just give me a little more time. Uh, but he was unable to provide a receipt to prove that he bought the $13,000 worth of trees. He's in trouble. With, with the law. Explain that to your uh, cellmate in jail. What are you in for? I failed to plant trees. <clears throat> okay. Uh, more from Florida. The city of Jacksonville has a serious stink problem. So much so, in fact, that officials have mounted sensors in hopes of tracking down the source. Nobody can figure out where the stink is coming from. Local news reports are that several sensors have been set up around town to pinpoint why some areas of the city are dealing with a, a very unpleasant odor. The city's Environmental Quality Division chief, Melissa Long, says we want to be able to hopefully solve this problem once and for all. But so far, nothing has come of it. But the city remains hopeful that this is a step in the right direction in finding out who or what is responsible for the foul odor. Odor. To make matters worse, this is not a new phenomenon because residents have been complaining of the stink for about two years. Thirteen sensors in all have been deployed around the area. Uh, says Ms. Long, quote, we don't know what we don't know. That's what the sensors are for. <laughs> they can't figure out what the stink is, so they're high tech. I just thought that was uh, they going to extreme measures to figure out what in the world is stinking up the joint um and finally in the uh, broken news 
You know how the uh, war on drugs has so many victims. Uh, But this is a most unusual side effect of the war on drugs that maybe you never would have imagined. The government in Colombia has declared 130 hippos originating from Pablo Escobar's estate to be an invasive species. The hippos, who migrated and reproduced after Escobar's death, could swell to over 400 by the end of this decade, unless there is intervention. Since the hippos have no local predators, they pose a threat to local wildlife and to people. Animal rights activists oppose plans to euthanize the hippos, but one recently attacked a 31-year-old man as he was fishing. (laughs) Well, because these hippos are living on Pablo Escobar's uh, estate. So, a definite uh, unanticipated consequence, the war on drugs, I guess. There you go. That is today's Broken News Report. This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Want to stay up to date with what's going on with your favorite high school team? Get real-time score updates throughout the high school sports season with the WFIN scoreboard. It's as simple as bookmarking the WFIN scoreboard page or add it to your mobile homepage for the area's real-time high school scoreboard. Make it easy to follow your team throughout the season from your computer, smartphone, or tablet. Bookmark the WFIN scoreboard page presented by Owens Community College at WFIN.com. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. Next Tuesday is March 1st, which is significant because that is the date that many of America's largest companies have set to bring workers back to the office full time after more than two years of work at home policies because of the pandemic. Problem is, a majority of people with jobs that can be done remotely say they would rather continue to work from home, either all or most of the time. As according to a Pew Research study, an economist with ZipRecruiter tells CNN that she believes many of those who have been ordered back to the office will may end up leaving for new jobs that offer greater flexibility. So we may see a second round of this great resignation coming effective next week when you know those back to work policies, back to the office policies uh, take effect. So we'll see how it plays out. In a related note, a separate survey finds that not only does remote work make for happier employees, it apparently makes for better bosses as well. This is a survey of 1,000 small business owners commissioned by Field Effect Software noted that three in five employers felt more empathetic toward their employees since they began working from home. 56% of those polled say remote work has made managing employees easier and made them more productive leaders. Seven in ten respondents said that remote work opened up new business opportunities that they would not have had before. 63% say that they now trust their employees more. 55% say they actually communicate with employees better now than they did when they were all in the office, which I thought was kind of interesting. It appears that remote work has also boosted the bottom line. According to the survey, 46% say that they, and again, these are small business owners, 46% say they have gotten more customers since their companies started working from home. Now, whether that's correlation or causation remains to be seen. It may just be coincidence. 
and not people working at home per se, but nonetheless, 42% say they have seen sales increase. Now, that said, all of that being said, 48% note that working from home has made the job of being a boss a little bit more challenging than they anticipated, while 47% say they now, 40% of bosses, small business owners in this survey, say that they now wear more hats in the business, that they have had to take up uh, marketing, some marketing duties and other duties and so on that they didn't have to worry about before. So there is that. But I think it's really interesting. Uh, again, a lot of the data seems to, to point to better productivity, happier employees, lower costs, a lot of benefits to continuing this remote work thing, at least part time. What I wonder is if we see companies mandate employees come back to the office and we see a drop in productivity and a drop in the bottom line. Will they, these same companies, then rethink forcing uh, employees to come back to the office and reconsider the remote uh, work thing? So that will be really interesting long term to see what happens uh, ultimately with this. We were kind of laughing here. Michelle Rimslog is here from the uh, Hancock Park District. And uh, we were talking uh, earlier about how uh, industry insiders are saying there's this huge demand for uh, travel now uh, post-pandemic. I mean, we saw saw a travel spike uh, during the holidays, but I think that was more about seeing family than it was travel. Now we've got spring and summer uh, coming, and and people are really ready to travel for leisure, go on vacation, because we can uh, finally. But there are still those who may not be able to afford afford a vacation right. uh, or don't maybe, want to uh, or maybe I don't mean, you want were, to I, I heard you probably like going out where the heat you know maybe that want. yeah maybe it's maybe you don't want to but everybody's getting cabin fever right about now I mean yes vacation or not whether that's in your wheelhouse everybody's getting cabin fever right a about little now. bit and 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 I'll have to admit like I don't know what day it was so I mean if it's if it's winter I like my snow if it's going to be cold like I said we had one weekend of skiing this year <laughs> it's not going to happen for this weekend obviously and then we'll have to wait till December. But one day I was just like, you know, I think I'm ready for it. <laughs> We're <laughs> ready for it. I don't want the heat. Yesterday, I you- do- oh, yesterday was beautiful. I had laundry outside. <laughs> I had off for President's Day. It was in the 50s and windy. So it was beautiful. I, I put stuff outside. <laughs> I, I had to do some running. And I, I just wore like a, a sweatshirt and jeans. It was it, it was we nice. didn't go to the, to the point of hanging laundry out on the line. But I can see where you could do that. It was, it was it was like beautiful. almost sixty, or I yeah. think it hit sixty. So it yeah, it's it's like okay, it's the end of February. I know we're gonna get cold this week. Yeah, but it's like okay, I'm kind of ready for to we're slowly get, warm up. Yeah. I we're don't gonna need, get to yes. the point where these days like yesterday and the way today is starting. I mean, even though we've got clouds and we get a little bit of rain, yes. but this is going to be more the rule rather than the exception within the next few weeks. Right, and and like I said I like to yeah, let's have spring. I don't need you know the people right. that want the heat. You don't Absolutely. need seventy in spring. We don't want to jump to right to summer. But oh, no, yeah. let's just like like yesterday was nice. Yeah, even you know forties and fifties, like you know no more snow. In the forecast it's amazing how that feels great when it comes november december we get temperatures in the 40s right. and we think oh it's so cold my husband laughs at me he's like it's six degrees and you're wearing gloves but when it's warm and it right now yeah. like even when it was in the 30s let's be honest when it was really cold it seemed 
35 was like, oh, this is great and balmy. <laughs> so it's just depending no. on what's, what's we happening. Get it, we get adjusted to that. Yes. So uh, you've got stuff coming up in the month of March that can get people out of doors if you've got a little touch of cabin fever. Yes. And so um, all of our spring programming, so March, April, and May, are on our website, HancockParks.com. And again, this is just a few programs. And you might get on there and realize, like, again, we have really increased our public program that we're doing. Mm -hmm. You get on there. If you need to register, it has a link to do that. And if you're doing it um, here lately, you might notice we have normally different categories you can go to to register. And our our increase in public programming, we're really focusing on different age groups. So we've got things for our our active adults, our, our adults, our teens, families with kids, kids with an adult, and you'll see that listed. So if okay. you're a family, you can click on it, and there's like five or six programs in spring oh, okay. that you can go to. That so just want to put that out there right. So we did it kind of by age. There's still some of those other categories like planetarium, archery when we start doing it, or camps when we get on there. That will still be there. So camps will still be one-stop shopping on there. Mm-hmm. And camps, I'm hoping by the end of this week, will be on our website. So okay. I'm just doing some last-minute proofing. Probably we'll do that today. And then that'll get on there. So okay. all of springs so on there. Because those do fill up quickly, probably even more so this year. Uh, yes, they always so. have. And of course, we didn't do any in, in 2020 with, with COVID. And mm-hmm. then last year, yeah, I think we had pretty good numbers. We normally do. Mm-hmm. But again, it was like, okay, yeah. now we can do things. Let's let's get things yeah. out. Let's get Absolutely. kids out there. So look for that. That will be happening hopefully this week. Okay. So what are some of the uh, highlights in our more immediate future here? Well, we've got uh, a program happening on Friday, March 4th, and it's entitled Shelter Building. And so this is going to be um, kids ages 11 to 14, so kind of that middle school age. And this is going to be out at Riverbend. Um, it's free. We just need you to register by that day, which is that Friday at 1 o'clock. And so this is talking about building a shelter outside. So if you were outside, hopefully you're never lost though as a child out in the woods, but kind of like, you know, those make, or maybe again, this would be for fun, you know, your makeshift shelters that you can do outside, what materials you need, where's a good spot to do it. And so we're going to go out and you're going to actually gather things that are out in the woods there. Hopefully it'll be dry. If it's wet, it won't be so. And, and making a a shelter and then just kind of a you know, okay. different things Very to cool. use. So kind of a hands-on thing. Very cool. So that's Friday, March um, 4th. Um, the next day on Saturday, March 5th, um, we're kind of doing a call out for those that want to make, volunteer at the 1847 McKinnis House. So I'm sure a lot of people visited, drove by on 224. We have our monthly open houses that happen, but we do, you know, need volunteers to help with that. Of course, we do first-person interpretation. So that is, um, it's not strict in character. I mean, I don't think, oh my gosh, I got to learn all these things about the person I'm talking about, but we'll give you some training and, and you watch, I hadn't done it before I worked here and, mm-hmm. and, and watch some of the, the volunteers when I started to get going and you pick up on things. And, mm-hmm. and so we provide costuming and, and so just all the information about that we're recommending for teens and adults. Again, that's going to take place on Saturday, March 5th at 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock at the McKinnis house. And we just need you to register by by the day before. So I know we've got a couple of people signed up. So I think we've hit our minimum on that. And you're uh, not necessarily committed to doing that every time you have an open house. No, we don't have a quota. You've got to do this many. So again, we've got open houses that we have. Um, Sometimes we do school programs and we ask for people to to dress up and Mm -hmm. again to portray somebody. And then also then coming back this year after a two-year hiatus, we are doing our maple sugaring Awesome. Public I was going to ask I was going to ask you about that maple sugaring. And our right. pancake breakfast, it's back. 
Um, of course, ours is Saturday, March 12th. Um, it's always that second Saturday in March. So if you're ever wondering of when that's happening, okay. just know that's when it is. So our, our pancake breakfast will take place from 9 to 11. Of course, out at Litzenberg, the breakfast is in the activity barn. And we need you to register by 12 o'clock the day before. And this year, it's $8 for ages 13 and up. So kind of your adults. Ages 4 to 12, it's $5. And then 3 and under are free. So we do have a, a limit. So we've got a few people signed up so far. So that's from 9 to 11. So that is what the sign up is for the pancake breakfast. For the pancake itself, breakfast, right. Everybody can come out for maple sugar and right. everything so, else is so going on. From 9 to 12, so while the breakfast is going on, we also have our public day. So we have the 1847 McKinnis House open. And I'll be in there and, and talking about what they would have been doing with the syrup or the maple sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have some stations on our trails. So our Native American Longhouse will be out there with one of my staff to talk about that. And then also our Pioneer Station out on the trail. There'll be some activities in, in the barn. We'll hopefully have some maple um, syrup products for sale. So that'll take place from 9 to 12. So if you just want to come out, don't want to eat breakfast, that's fine. That's mm-hmm. free. Just show up. Yeah. But if you want to come eat breakfast and then walk around on the trails, we encourage you to do so. So we are... Right. We had to like relearn. Always. Like, okay, what do we do? You know, I, I, <laughs> had, a new, I had a new staff person when... And and we couldn't do it. We yeah. we all that stuff happened the day two days before we were going to do the breakfast. Mm-hmm. When Dewine said kids are out of school, the next day we got together and met, down, yeah. and we're like we shut everything down. Yeah. and, and that, that was about two years ago. Yeah. So we are very excited that it's back, and encourage you to come out for our maple sugar. Again, that's one yes. of those things that I always look forward to because I know it is a sure sign that spring is right around the corner. Yes. So. Hopefully we won't. You yeah. know. It'll be just like, you know, 40 degrees and sunny, maybe mm-hmm. a little snow on the ground, like would be perfect for our public. Be awesome stuff. So more details about those events and lots of other stuff going on in the month of March is up on the website, as yes. you mentioned. Yes. And uh, you can sign up online to get more details, all of that. All that. Yep. Go to HancockParks.com. Very good. We've got it linked up at our webpage, too. Michelle Rimschlag from the Hancock Park District with us this morning. Michelle, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks again to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. That, of course, is goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow, we have more for America Saves Week. We'll talk about how to start making a plan for better financial health, no matter your starting point. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.